Hello there, and greetings to you. Welcome to Duel of the Takes, the movie and pop culture podcast that pins the wildest, most unpopular opinions head-to-head. Today, we are joined by friend of the show, David Luchko, and are celebrating May the 4th by creating a top 20 list of our favorite Star Wars characters. My name's Nathaniel Martin, and I am joined by my regular co-hosts, Joshua Kubis, Alden Mason, and Jory Boston. Welcome, everybody, to another exciting edition of Duel of the Takes. Uh, it's, we got the regular panel here with a special guest, uh, a fan of the show. I think he's seen, like, every episode of Duel of the Takes. It's my good friend, David. Hello. Hey, David. Hi, David. So David is a huge Star Wars fan, specifically Lego Star Wars. I, this man's got an impressive Lego Star Wars uh, collection. But we are going to determine the greatest Star Wars character of all time. We're going to do a top 15. We've all created our list. This is the first time I think we've done a movie character list. So this is a duel of the takes first. We'll see how this goes. Um, we got the usual rules in play. There'll be a, there'll be vetoes up until the top five. Sure. And, <laughs> and then um, there'll be the big fish clause, which has only been used, I think, twice on this show. The, the most recent three times, but yeah, the most recently was the Martin Scorsese episode where, I uh, had some controversy when I used uh, my vetoes, <laughs> and the um, and speaking of vetoes, everybody's got a veto. Did I already say that? Uh, yeah, until the top five. And then, did you mention the locks? No, we're gonna kick things off. Everybody's gonna have a lock. What Star Wars character, uh, maybe you find underrated, or maybe a personal favorite that you think belongs. In the top 10, let's start with... How about our locks? I'm sorry, I, I know you're in charge. I think our locks should just make the list. I think we had some problems with locks on Scorsese. Mm, you're right. Okay, locks. That's true because the universe is huge. So, all right, that's a good idea. Locks will make the list no matter what. So we'll start. We'll start with you, Nate. What is your lock? Um, I'm starting off with a scorching hot take. Awesome. I hope everyone at home is is excited for this. Uh, my lock is Uncle Owen Lars, and um, yeah, he's pretty high up on my list. And I think that's just due to the sheer amount of potential there is for this character moving forward in the current uh, landscape of the Star Wars universe. And I think in a year's time or two years time, depending on when this Kenobi show drops, uh, he's probably going to be a fan favorite character here pretty soon. Was played by Joel, Edger- Joel Egerton in Attack of the Clones and now reprising his role for the Kenobi show. I know it's been something you've been looking forward to. And to have something in Star Wars that Nate's actually looking forward to, that's that's exciting. So I think Uncle Owen is a fine spot to be on this list. Uh, Jory. Hello. What is your lock? My lock uh, is going to be a character that I don't think anybody just in general, appreciates as much as I do. My luck is going to be Dio from Rise of Skywalker. (laughs) (laughs) There it is. The first droid to get locked. Star Wars has had a lot of iconic droids. Why Dio specifically? Uh, Number one, because he is cute. And number two, because as soon as Rey tries to touch him for the very first time, he backs off and says, no, thank you. And then leaves. (laughs) He's a consent king. Number three, because he is secretly the the villain that orchestrates the entire sequel trilogy. (laughs) Uh, the orchestrator of the fall of Star Wars and therefore its greatest villain. <laughs> this is canon. It is. Speaking of canon, David, what is your lock? My lock 
I don't know how hot this is going to be. This is something that I've always personally felt, but my luck is going to be for Ahsoka Tano. Um, growing up, I know we were in the age of episode one, two, and three, and that I grew very much to uh, be a fan of the Clone Wars series. I used to like sit down and watch it every Friday. And Ahsoka, seeing where she started and every single mistake she made all the way up to, you know, now she's having her role reprised in The Mandalorian to make it like a movie canon type scenario has been something that is like more exciting to me than seeing like episodes seven, eight, and nine. Uh, I feel like I would not be doing her justice if I did not put her name up there. Rosario Tassin had a really good uh, portrayal as Ahsoka. It was a pleasant surprise. Um, Yeah. Alden. I think I think at this point she definitely deserves a spot on a list like this. I, I'd say like maybe three or four years ago I'd be like, "Are you kidding me?" But with that Clone Wars finale on on uh, Disney Plus as long uh, as well as Mandalorian season two, it only makes sense. Alden, what is your lock? And is it Jar Jar Binks? Uh, no, it is not Jar Jar Binks. After not thinking long and not thinking hard, I'm locking Thrawn. Oh, that was my lock. No chance, really. Well, I guess you're picking Jar Jar now. Thrawn, I think <laughs> Thrawn, I think, is kind of like the the kind of the uh, face of the old EU, and um, glad he was uh, brought into the new canon. Um, yeah, I'm excited to see him in live action finally. Yeah, and he has one of the best like villain themes. It's it's the only um, score in a Star Wars animated show that could be in a movie or a series if they put it, if, if I guess Thrawn comes into the, one of the shows coming up, I hope they use that score because it's really good. He's definitely going to show up in the Ahsoka show. It's got some Davy Jones energy. Oh, and then I have a lock. <laughs> what is my lock now? Alden just told me what your lock is. Oh, God, droid. I feel like this is on nobody's list, but I feel like I want to lock... Yeah, I'm going to lock Mace Windu. He's not very high on my list or anything, but it it felt like I just kind of needed to uh, have Mace Windu on my list. I definitely have a uh, strong connection to this character. Um, just, uh, yeah. Uh, the purple lightsaber, I think, is iconic. Uh, <laughs> I like the fact that it says... Uh, I think it says motherfucker on the lightsaber itself, he engraved. Or it was like, and uh, yeah, uh, always been a big Samuel Jackson fan. Um, I wish they did more with it. I think it was very interesting that George Lucas decided to uh, have this actor who's usually known for being like over the top um, type characters to more like calm and stern and strict character. But I think uh, with the screen time he had, uh, I think Sam Jackson knocked it out of the park. And uh, yeah. I'm gonna. I think he belongs in at least the top fifteen. But without further ado, let's see. Alden. Me. Yes. What is your number fifteen? Burger King foot lettuce. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sabine Wren has a lot of potential moving forward if she ever shows up again. Uh, the entire Mandalore arc in Rebels with her is pretty much the biggest part of that show i don't think a whole lot of the rest of it matters too too much uh canonically but her like power struggle and her story with the empire taking over mandalore one of the times that they've done it it's it's tragic and then the recovery of her family and the respect of other mandalorians is also a 
pretty a pretty harsh aspect of it. I feel like Thanos right now. I don't even know who that is. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that the Mandalorian that Obi Wan like is into at one point? No, that's Satine. Oh, well. Sub- Sabine is like a minor. Yeah, she's 16 according to the Star Wars wiki. I thought you meant she like mined. I was like, oh, she's like gathering resources for something. No, no, she's under the age of 18. Yikes. Rip. Uh, Sabine is, I forget her mother's name, but the only, I remember that she does have like a really good character arc in terms of like where she started to like where she ended at the end of Rebels yeah but the big thing that sticks out to me is didn't she end up she made a weapon that ended up killing a lot of her people she was kind of like tricked by the empire a little bit to build a weapon that turned like their armor against them yeah so it would pretty much make them melt inside their beskar yeah and she like repaints her ships her armor does anyone want a veto um I think you do, Josh. I don't want to do two Star Wars videos in a row where I use my veto first off. <laughs> I mean, I'm notorious for using my veto in the first round, so I think I'm going to let someone else do this. Josh, I'll use my veto if you tell me who you would rather be here. Okay, I, Joey, I think you'll appreciate this. If we're going to have a Rebels character, I think it should be the voice of Freddy, uh, the voice of Freddy Prince Jr. <laughs> yeah, but yes, Kanan Jarrus. I think if we're going to have any Rebels character, I think Kanan should go here. I'm not upset at that. It could be like an Uncle Owen thing, maybe like a couple years down the line, this could be a character that could be in top 15, but she's she's not even like the, she's not even like the my top three like Rebels characters. Is Chopper in your top three? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, can I veto Josh's veto if I want Kanan to go higher? Yeah, I still haven't used a veto. Oh, hmm. Okay, I'll wait. I, I'll say that I'm happy that he's making top 15 because I know I'm going to be disappointed later on. I'm about to use a veto and say that like uh, Josh's pick should go here. So if you don't veto now and say somebody else, that's what's going to happen. <laughs> Fuck it. I'll wait. I'll, I'll, I'll... Okay, I'm vetoing Josh's characters going here. I want Fred. Kanan Jarrus, number 15, over Sabine uh, Ren. Yeah, 15... Kanan. The reason why I chose Kanan is that I think he's just been um, the best uh, mentor um, probably since probably since Yoda. He teaches a, a shithead like Ezra. <laughs> I hate Ezra so much, dude. But I, I think that's why I admire Kanan more, because he's got patience for that for that guy. Freddie Prince Jr.'s rant on Star Wars alone <laughs> is great. Um, I think he really cares about Star Wars, and I hope it's not the last we see of this character. I hope in some form or another um, we see this character again. Look out for the Kenobi series. Unfortunately, spoiler alert, he can't be in the Kenobi series. Shh, time travel. No one's ever really gone, Josh. Yeah, he could be a ghost. Kanan Jarrus at number 15. Um, yeah, okay. (laughs) Nate. What is your number 14? Uh, what is my number 14, or what do I think should go here? Both. Okay, well, my number 14 is Grand Moff Tarkin, and I think that's the old head in me speaking, because I think I'm probably the only person who wants that uh, here. Yeah. I think that Grand Moff Tarkin's a really, really interesting character. While he doesn't get much screen time, he was kind of the biggest name actor in A New Hope. Uh, 
uh, Peter Cushing was, I should say. And I think he brought a lot to the table in terms of this fantasy movie. You have a villain whose face is covered the entire time, who we don't know much about. And then you have this other guy who's kind of like the leader of his army. I think it's really interesting. I think that he uh, probably deserved more screen time. And I, the first uh, book that was published uh, with the uh, after the Disney acquisition was actually a, a Tarkin book, and it's really, really good. I would recommend reading it. I didn't think I'd like it because it's a Star Wars book, and I was like 15 at the time, maybe 16. I was like, I'm probably too old to be reading Star Wars books, and it, it slapped. It was really, really good. Uh, it was a page turner. I, I couldn't put it down. I read the whole thing in an afternoon. The, the characters' origins are... Um, surprisingly like human and grounded and then you see this kind of like rise to power in a very house of cards way i think he's the most star trekky out of all of the uh villains on star wars and for that i think he deserves top 15 but i would rather have my number 13 make the list somehow I'd like to see Chewbacca on here. I feel like it'd be really weird to not see Chewbacca here at all. I think he's one of the best non-human characters in these movies. Yeah. Even if it's not... I want to be higher. Okay. Um, well... I I don't, though, Nate. <laughs> <laughs> it might be safe to place him here. I just think we have, like, five hot takes for locks, and we're already running low on room on this list for me where I think, like, playing it safe into the chest, Chewbacca should go here, and, like, Tarkin left in, like, an admiral, in, like, an, an honorable mention type position. I, I think with my turn, I'm going to play this a little more conservative, because I think my number 12 and 11 are, like, some people's one and two. So I think I'm going to go with Chewbacca here. Yeah, I think Chewbacca is one of the greatest sidekicks in film history. I, I think he belongs on this list. I don't know how high. I just, um, I don't know if the top 10 has room for, like, even the most iconic Star Wars side character, because Star Wars has had some really good main characters. I think what works so amazingly about Chewbacca, though, is um, it's a non-verbal character for the most part. I mean, sure, he does his, like, roar noise, but you, you do get a general, like, there's tone, there's emotion, like, you understand where Chewbacca's coming from. But at the end of the day, he's the heavy on on the Millennium Falcon. He's just there to, you know, move heavy objects and do a lot of, like, you know, backbreaking labor. And he's one of the best comedic relief characters of the original trilogy. I, I love when he's carrying C-3PO on his back and Empire. <laughs> the perfect template for a, a group type character. Uh, if you're doing like a, uh, like an ensemble action movie, I think like in this new, the suicide squad, we're going to have uh shark King as that Chewbacca type. Like th this character pretty much paved a new archetype in, mainstream blockbusters and i think that chewbacca deserves to be here we wouldn't have groot without him exactly you wouldn't have groot oh uh, yeah oh that's true uh chewy like fought in the clone wars uh, helped yoda escape order 66 then got captured by the empire when they took over kashyyyk on their like second attempt i have no idea canonically like any of that, but I'd like to think that the Empire never left Kashyyyk and they just kind of had a chokehold on them for like 20 years or so. And then whoever their elected official was said on the 20th anniversary of invading that we're going to pull out. <laughs> Kashyyyk is Iraq. Yeah. <laughs> Kashyyyk is Iraq. I'm completely cool with Chewbacca going here. 
Anybody have vetoes or anything? No, I, I really like this pick. You guys remember when Chewbacca died in Rise of Skywalker and then they were like, LOL, JK, despite it being the most impactful death of the entire trilogy? <laughs> I remember they showed that it off in the trailer and I was like, wait, what the hell are they doing? Then you see a ship blow up and then Ray screams Chewie and I'm like, yo, what? They're killing Chewie in this one? And then they didn't, but they did. Disney needed a, a sacrifice. But then they didn't. <laughs> I guess not. All right, uh, Josh, who's next? So Nate and Alden have went. Jory, what is your number 13? You know? No, I'm going to hold off on my entire list until the end and just be influenced by the discussion for my choices. And when Nate nominated him, I found myself like kind of agreeing, but kind of also being like, damn, I want him to be higher. But I'm not sure how high like we can actually get him. I'm also going to nominate Grand Moff Tarkin here. Okay. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, Nate, Nate kind of sold me in his take. Um, I heard the Tarkin books are very good. I think I've only read the first one. I don't know if there's sequels to it. I mean, even for an MCU fan like me who doesn't know how to read, Grand Moff Tarkin is... Uh, is still today, like for even from the first movie, the best villain uh, that's like a non-force user, just like in the Empire, like guy that we've gotten. He's the only man that Vader trusts with his secret that he knows that he's Anakin. But like, I feel like they've also been trying to replicate like what Tarkin represents, like in every trilogy that's come since, and they really just have not even come close. My favorite part in Rogue One is when Krennic says something bad about Tarkin, and Vader's like, you better you better shut the fuck up. That's my boy. Darth Vader's, like, cutting up his pasta for him with a lightsaber. He's, like, feeding Tarkin. He's like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Tarkin wasn't on my list, but I had a feeling it was on Nate's list when he did talk about it, because I know he's always really liked that character. And he is, when we're talking... The, if the bottom five are for underrated Star Wars characters, I think he belongs here. Cool. Wow. I did not think Tarkin would make the cut. I always looked at Tarkin as someone who wasn't really a threat. He never, I, I don't think we saw him in any action in any of the, uh, well, in episode four, because he doesn't really make it past that. But we don't see him in Rebels with any sort of like boots on the ground type action. And taking Leia to the, um, to the, to the room where they fire up the Death Star and makes Leia watch her entire home be destroyed, home planet be destroyed, is pretty threatening to me. At the same time, though, all was kind of command that action. He wasn't the one. He was taking Krennic. He was taking uh credit, credit. Jesus Christ, credit for Krennic's. Rogue One is non-canon in my head, David. Are we blind? Release the vetoes. I think Tarkin and Thrawn are very similar in their uh, villainous ways. Yeah. And at least with Thrawn, I could see him, you know, there's the one scene in Rebels where he's, like, beating the shit out of a bunch of robots, and he's actually going hand-to-hand with, like, Kanan and Ezra. I feel like Moff Tarkin, the only reason I really respect him is that uh, scene when they're in the discussion room, and he's the one to tell Vader, like, yo, chill the fuck out, and Vader's like, okay, sure. Enough of this. Release him. You could tell, like, him, Palpatine, and Vader are, like, the top three of the Empire. Like, that he can actually say that to Vader. Yeah, I think what they were trying to go for with, um, Donald Gleason's character and, and I think Jory was alluding to this earlier, where in, like, each trilogy, they've tried to have a Tarkin-type stand-in. I don't believe for a moment that him and Kylo are equal levels of power, even when Kylo's, like, an emotional, moody dickhead in force awakens and half of last jedi i like you never believe that these two guys they, they seem like budding siblings they don't seem like these like 
opposite ends of the force like leaders and uh you definitely get that in just the first scene that tarkin's in and uh considering the fact that the original star wars was like a dice roll i think that peter cushion brings a lot to that performance that um i think kind of elevates that movie in a way especially for people at the time we praised uh we praised the new hope in our star wars movie episode so i think it feels feels justified to have uh a new hope uh icon well this is getting interesting so we've got 12 spaces left and all five vetoes are still standing which means there's only seven other characters making the list that aren't locked i'm gonna go before david so i can just get this out of the way like mace windu is my number 10 but let's put him at number 12 the way this list is going um like i said before i think mace windu is an underrated character so that's kind of the theme of this bottom five it seems and um when we're talking, when I think of the prequels, I do think of another character that I'm sure is going to be very high on someone else's list, probably two other people's list. And I think of Anakin and Mace Windu. What I really like, and this isn't canon anymore, but I don't care. The opening, I think it's the opening scene of the 2D animated Clone Wars, where Mace Windu takes out like a thousand battle super battle droids on his own, and it's one of it's one of the coolest like Jedi sequences ever. Damn, is the 2D Clone Wars not canon anymore? No, it's not. They retconned it right before they threw it on Disney+. Plus. And I don't know if this is canon anymore, but he was the one that I think uh, crumbled Grievous's, uh chest, and that's why Grievous coughs in Revenge of the Sith. That's right. He, Grievous was trying to get away. Once they got Palpatine, Grievous is like, all right, I'll go one more time, and Mace Windu's like, choke, bitch. Yeah, Mace Windu is... Uh, one of the most powerful Jedi of that era. Sweet. I think number 12 is a good spot. Uh, I'm just going to quickly say I never was a fan of Mace Windu. I, I'll leave him at 12. Uh, I just never... You're racist. Stop being so racist, David. Just the fact of how blind he was. I always thought growing up that when I thought of like Mace Windu and Yoda, Yoda was the one that was like strong in the Force, and Mace Windu was the one that was strong in like lightsaber combat. And to me, when you're going to be so high ranking of like a jedi master be on the council on that to make all the decisions that he was responsible for you should be more in touch with the force and more in touch with like i don't know being wise and being sensible to what's going on around you and i felt like you just had a complete lack of that i feel like that's the point of mace windu though because like he's kind of a stand like a personification of the mindset of the jedi council as a whole at this point and they are just completely off base and it's why palpatine manages to come in and completely wreck house uh yeah mace windu is like a clear example of why the jedi order failed of that time and um i guess it's kind of a theory but i i think it's pretty much confirmed that mace windu never liked anakin because he believed he was the chosen one that's more like expanded universe type stuff but when you when you look at his character that way it it's interesting to me and he's had some like spin-off comics that I really like. I I've just uh enjoyed the character. Yeah, I think I think he kind of also fits the template um for me at least a lot of the prequel Jedi like ensemble characters. Like you've got your Kit Fistos, you've got your Kai on the Moondies, you've got my girlfriend's favorite Star Wars character Ayla Secura for some reason. Um you've got all these other Star Wars characters that like could be very interesting and probably deserve more screen time or more 
like exploration. And I think Mace Windu kind of holds that placeholder spot for, for me for like representing a bunch of characters that I think everyone kind of has a soft spot for. He's just kind of like the main one of them. Good, good stuff. David, what is your number 11? So I'm going to ask this dumbass question again. Can I pick who is my number 11 on my list or someone that I feel nervous that they're not going to get the whatever, whatever you want. You must do what your feel is right, of course. Trust your feelings. Here, I'm going to put Darth Maul. I feel like Darth Maul was one of the best. He's my number 11. What? I have him higher. I have him way higher. Oh, okay. So should I put... I do want a veto. I'm not I'm not doing that. And what are the locks? Um, so number 15 is Kanan Jarrus. Number 14 is Chewbacca. 13 is Grand Moff Tarkin. Uh, 12 is Mace Windu, and uh, the four characters we have yet to lock are, are Admiral Thrawn, Ahsoka Tano, Dio, and Owen, Uncle Owen Lars. I'll happily pick someone else, just so Maul can go further. No, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna stick with the veto. It's too late now. We're at 11, right? I guess I'll put... Well, I also want to ask opinions on Dio. Dio's my second favorite droid. Base. I think he's useless. But there's another droid, I think, that belongs in the top 10. Yes, absolutely. So I, I think that, that Dio would be okay here. Um, also, I know I'm the one with the scorching hot take, and I'll probably fight this. Um, Uncle Owen could probably go here, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I think three of our locks can go here, if I'm being honest. I think all four of the locks can go here, if I'm being honest. <laughs> yeah, I, I'd also be fine if a... I'd also be fine if Ahsoka goes here. But yeah, I was thinking Ahsoka or Dio and pushing Uncle Owen a bit higher. Based. I'm using my veto. Punished Alden. Wait a second. How are you using your veto? It's your nomination. No, because I vetoed, I vetoed him. That's what I was asking before, because I had Darth Maul's like number five. I was just getting nervous that no one else. Okay, yeah. It... No, I think Darth Maul is a sure thing for this list. Yes. I have him higher as well. I have him higher than you do. I have him higher than you do. I'm going to say Qui-Gon Jinn. Um, he's a little higher for me, but that's fine. He's quite a lot higher for me, but I think that this is fine. I just felt that Qui-Gon Jinn, he was, when I, I always thought of him as like the perfect example of a great Jedi. He was someone who respected the Jedi Order, Ooh. what it initially stood for, and... I think he was one of the first to kind of catch on to the whole idea that the Jedi were losing sight of what's most important, how they were focused more on, like, in a way, controlling things and diplomacy rather than the Force itself and being peaceful. And I think that, that you know, I always love hearing those stories about, like, what would happen if, you know, he didn't die in the battle against Darth Maul. What would happen if him if he raised Anakin himself, and I always loved the idea of, like, he was the father figure that Anakin needed, and that's that. That was, like, the turning point in the whole prophecy of the Chosen One. I, I love that he is such an influential person in the Star Wars storyline. I was with you until you said Grey. Can I hear why? The Grey Jedi don't exist. They are still semi-canon, Josh. They are, they've never been canon. <laughs> Ahsoka Tano's a gray Jedi. Like, they are semi-canon right now. I don't think anyone's called a gray Jedi, but there are people that... Nobody's ever been called a gray Jedi. Yeah, I think there are... Ahsoka is not a Jedi. She said that. Yeah, so what is she? I don't know. She's just I... a Force user. It's not, my, it's not my fault they have bad writing. 
I, I have Qui-Gon Jinn as my, my number two, um, but I'm okay with him being here at 11 because I, I am in the same kind of camp where I'm, I think a lot of characters that I really like aren't going to make the list at this point. I think that Qui-Gon Jinn is one of the most interesting Star Wars characters. I, I don't necessarily know if it's like gray Jedi. Like to me, I, I don't really know what that means. And it might just be because I haven't read enough EU or I haven't like it's not in any EU it's fan it's fan theories yeah whatever I I don't know what that means but what works so well for Qui-Gon for me is you understand um one I think he's the most resourceful Jedi put to film um that we see in any movie or TV show you know they get stranded on Tatooine and he just simply like is one with the people and is trying to figure out how they can get off like he's he's talking to Watto like you always see these like Jedi that are like either dependent on some sort of training or in the prequels, they're like with this council and they can't make a decision for themselves. And you get to see Qui-Gon kind of like use his best judgment. And that's something that's really interesting. I also think that he has like the most like samurai approach to being a Jedi. Um, and I think like just every everything about that character explains to me and makes sense how the Jedi of the old Republic were and why the Jedi were so successful for such a long time, because he truly like understands. And I think like when he leaves, the rest of the Jedi are too stuck in their ways. And uh, like, he just happened to know like the right balance of the force. And I think that that's really, really interesting. I think he's the best character, uh, original character to come out of the prequels. There's a short arc with him in the Clone Wars uh, talking to Yoda uh, uh post-mortem and he's really kind of leading one it's to get yoda to to practically be immortal or whatever but two he's also helping yoda sort through his emotions on how the council uh has changed what it's become f- through the war and how to deal with it uh emotionally qui-gon has a lot of potential that i don't think we'll see because there's just not ever going to be more content for him we're probably about to speak it into existence i think we'll see some form of qui-gon in the kenobi show as a spirit or something i yeah i think at the most we'll just hear his voice again i i'm not sure there's going to be a whole lot more than that being a force ghost or a flashback he's definitely going to be in it at some capacity he's just too important to obi-wan as a character to not be involved yeah uh but yeah i'm cool with qui-gon being here he was on he was in my 15 so i'm glad he made the cut sweet good pick uh david uh we've had everybody's gone right so it's back to alden what is your number 10 alden or whatever character maybe your lock somebody's lock any of these locks yeah i feel like we need to drop a lock any or all of them yeah yeah honestly all of them should go down at 10. <laughs> no, we're not. This isn't Scorsese. We're not, we're not doing this. No, 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 no. This is DreamWorks. This is DreamWorks. <laughs> oh, my God. Instead of all of them going at 7, they all go at 10. I feel like we're going to leave off a lot of important characters because of our locks. All right, so we've got four left. We could just rank them now and then get to 7. Ahsoka, Dio, Uncle Owen... Who am I missing? Thrawn. Jesus. Wow, I cannot believe Ahsoka is being categorized with a fucking droid. That's racist. The second best droid in Star Wars, hello? Yeah, the first is way higher. I've got them right next to each other on my list. Ahsoka's not even on my list. Um... Wow. 
Um, all because I said Base Windu, and I was just going to say, like, Lando. Uh, <laughs> Personally, this is just my ranking of what we have locked left. I would probably go Dio, Thrawn, Ahsoka, Uncle Owen, but that's just me. <laughs> Honestly, I'm with you if we swap Thrawn and Ahsoka. I would agree to that. I don't think you agree to that. I don't think you agree to that. No, I don't. I don't agree to that. <laughs> For me, personally, I gotta go Thrawn, Ahsoka, Dio, Uncle Owen, just by my ranking of the media that these characters are in. <laughs> I don't even know. I don't even know how I'd rank these. are just four random Star Wars characters. <laughs> Let's talk about them briefly. And, like, see. Um, so we're just making number 10 the lock uh, number aside from Mace Windu, I guess. This is your episode, Josh. You tell me how you want it edited. Um, oh boy. We could also just put them all at number 12. <laughs> yeah, we could do that. We could just do that. All right. Um, but then we have to rank them all, including Mace Windu. I kind of like that idea. We could just make the locks honorable mentions and then don't worry about them. Oh my god, no. I think, I think. Some people would say that Ahsoka is better than all the characters we've named, and I think more based individuals would say that Uncle Owen is better than all these characters we've named. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like the two that are sticking out that maybe should just be eliminated off the back is Thrawn and Dio, because we already have Grand Moff here. Um, I don't... Thrawn is kind of like that same type of character arc. I, I don't agree with that. I think Thrawn... Goes into a lot more uh, with his respect of everything that he conquers. I think Tarkin, from what I know of him, and correct me if I'm wrong, he's just kind of there doing his job. He's not uh, necessarily doing much more than that. Yeah, but his job is basically being in charge of the Empire, like one under. Yeah, well, then him and Thrawn have the same job. No, he Tarkin actually knows shit. Thrawn, like, was out in the Outer Rim, like, studying shit and whatever. But Tarkin is right there in the middle of the Galactic Empire, the most important era in Star Wars. And he knew all of Vader's secrets, all of Palpatine's. He knew that Kenobi, like, existed still, which was a big secret in the Rebellion. Uh, caused the destruction of Alderaan, which changed the shift of the entire Galactic Civil War. I think Thrawn is a really cool character, but he is, does not have the impact worth of what Tarkin did in just one movie. We're talking about a Grand Moff versus an Admiral. Yes, I understand that. But at the same, like, in the same breath, like, him destroying Alderaan kind of shows that he doesn't care about anything except doing his job. And that's why, that's why he's the greatest imperial officer yes but i don't think we should rank them based off of their merits inside the empire when thrawn conquers something or takes something over or destroys something he still respects their culture and their art and everything that they've had what we're saying is that tarkin is based and thrawn is a soy boy libcock by rebels thrawn he is definitely not as op as he was in the books in the books he was on par with like this is the next vader if they did, like, another trilogy. In Rebels, they turned him into a supporting character, which is fine. I don't really care, but if you compare the two Throns, it is kind of, it does kind of suck that they, he got, like, 
He's not as OP anymore. Yeah, they nerfed him. Everybody gets nerfed. The Star Wars balance patch came and he got nerfed. <laughs> He's a nerf herder. <laughs> Scruffy had a nerf herder. Anyway, Josh, what are we doing here? Executive order. I'm confused. This is so tough because I don't want to go backwards, but I kind of do. Slap them all at 12 and let's call it a day. Trust your feelings, Josh. But we are ranking them. We are ranking the locks. So is is Mace Windu the best lock or the worst lock by this logic? Oh, I don't think Mace Windu is the worst. No, definitely not. <laughs> I also don't think he's the best. But I could turn this into a top 20 and take Mace Windu out of here. And then our locks could be 15 through 10. Fuck it, just make it top 50. <laughs> God. No. <laughs> this is already such a mess and we're only at... I don't know, 11, 12, 10? Bro, it took us, like, almost an hour to get to, like, this. I I would just like to throw up my honorable mention now. This is our, ladies and gentlemen, this is our top 20 Star Wars characters. Number 20, uh, Kane Ajaris. Number 19, Chewbacca. Number 18, Grand Moff Tarkin. Number... <laughs> what was I on? 17. 17. Number, number, number 17, uh... Mace Windu, number 16, Qui-Gon. Alden, what is your number 15? Jesus, I'm slapping Dio down. Vito, Grand Admiral, not Grand Admiral. Well, is he a Grand Admiral? Admiral Thrawn belongs. Yeah, he's a Grand Admiral. <laughs> All right, Dio versus Thrawn for number 15. Yo, Josh, are you writing this shit down? <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah, I just did. I'm not going to lie, I'm a little lost in the Cupid shuffle right now. So as we've already established, uh, Grand Admiral Thrawn is a little bitch, but Dio has no respect for anything. Actually, no, I think Dio has a lot of respect for himself. That's true. How much screen time does he get? True King. Seven minutes. Probably like a ten minutes. Seven minutes, yeah. That sounds about Seven minutes and like 26 seconds? That's all he needed to become the second best droid in the history of the franchise. In the history of the movies. No, in the history of the franchise. Have you guys ever seen the Lego Dio? I have. No, but that sounds kind of wholesome. All right, so we talked about Thrawn and Dio a lot. Let's leave it to a vote. Uh, Nate, Dio or Thrawn? Off the top of my head, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna just say Dio. All right, I vote Dio, Jory. Wait, are we saying who should go here or who should go over? Yeah, who should go here? Thrawn. Who should go here, David? Thrawn. Who should go here, Alden? All right, Dio is number 15. Damn it, we were almost based. That's the, it's named after a JoJo character, so I'm glad I didn't get any farther. All right. No, it's not. Whose turn was it? So Alden did, just did that? Okay, so then we go to... I guess I did. Um, I, I have to stand for something uh, at this point. Uh, out of the ones that are left, Thrawn got by with the skin of his teeth up against a droid with seven minutes of screen time. I'm sorry, Thrawn is a weaker character than Uncle Owen because I could talk for about an hour about why I think Uncle Owen could be a really great character and there's nothing really they have to do to backtrack in canon to make Thrawn a really good character. You're going to have to change a lot of what's currently canon and I think that that's what's going to hurt Star Wars in the end. I think... Uh, Disney's acquiring of uh, these these intellectual properties and then immediately saying half of it no longer makes sense, I think set them up for success. But the lack of oversight and editing and writing just kind of hurt them in the long run. And now a character like Thrawn would never be able to work um, simply because they wanted to bring back a character like Palpatine and just make him six times more powerful than he could possibly be with the current uh, found uh like powers and shit 
they ruined the force in the sequel trilogy yeah um so yeah thrawn belongs here at number 14 if we're playing by this logic yeah that's fine. Any vetoes? I don't even know who has vetoes. Uh, Jory is currently the only person who's used a veto because David went back and replaced something instead of Alden using one. Okay, cool. So everybody except for Jory still has their vetoes. Is anyone vetoing Nate for Thrawn at 14? I don't think so. Cool. Grand Animal Thrawn at 14. <laughs> Uh, Jory, what is your number 13? Uh, Uncle Owen and Ahsoka are the only two that have been locked that haven't been placed. Ahsoka Tano is my number 13, and then... Anyone vetoing? How do we feel about Rex? Who? Yes, absolutely. The one uh, clone from Clone Wars. Oh, you mean the clone that's not Commander Cody? Alden. We got in this situation because we put too many animated characters here. Speaking of animated characters, uh, Ahsoka Tano. <laughs> yeah, Ahsoka or Rex, pick one. What do you mean we put too many characters here? And Ahsoka's not my luck. I'm not picking one. Are you using your veto? No. Okay, well you, well, you said, how do you feel about Rex? So Ahsoka's going here. Yeah, I know. I'm saying, how do you feel about Rex? And then you said there's too many animated characters, but we only placed one. I was giving you a chance... I was giving you a chance to redeem yourself and not put a Clone Wars character here. Um, I don't feel too strongly either way about Rex. I think of like the the clone characters, he's probably the strongest. It's definitely between him and, and Cody. I think Cody's arc kind of ends with Order 66, where Rex kind of goes on to have more of a legacy. But at the end of the day, these are clones of a character that I don't really care for and that isn't in my top 15, so I don't really fucking care. Zam. So anyway, uh... So anyway, Ahsoka Tano is number 13. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Jory just went, and then I think it makes me for number 12. Um, He wasn't on my initial list, but... Um, oh, great. Hold on, let me look at my list. He wasn't on my initial list. Yikes. Big yikes. We've placed too many characters, but also this guy. Surprisingly, a lot of my characters have been placed already. Josh, just say Babu Frick and get it over with. Because I don't think he's going to make the top 10. I want to put Din Djarin here, the Mandalorian. Okay. Okay. All right. The Mandalorian maybe, like, um, has kind of got the mixed perception of this panel, but I think overall it has been probably the most positive thing we've had in Star Wars probably since The Force Awakens. And, uh, I think Pedro Pascal as Din Djarin, a.k.a. the Mandalorian, is a big part of that. I think he's he was very good in the role. I think the suit looks awesome. Um, especially the first three episodes, he barely spoke and was able to still tell a story. And I think that's just some really awesome storytelling we needed in Star Wars. So I think the Mandalorian... Uh, should be on this list. Is this where I break it to you guys that I have Cara Dune as my number one? <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to get canceled. Would anyone like to veto that? Or did I have a good take? That's fine. I don't really care. Yeah, I'm holding on to my veto, I guess. I just, with the amount of uh, positive fan reception, I think it. I think it's cool that we have this character on here. Hopefully it ages well. I. Hopefully the show gets better now. Now that the... the the uh he'll be back yeah probably unfortunately grogu will return <laughs> all right david what is your number 11 or your lock no your lock was your lock's already done you can place my lock though if you want you probably should or whatever you feel like david don't be pressured by josh and his ways yeah i, I i'm getting nervous because i'm i'm hearing a lot of like speculation about what everybody's like higher people on the list are and i'm kind of scared about 
who my boys aren't going to get placed, you know? Don't worry, Cara Dune's not actually in my top five. <laughs> <laughs> no, I had the wolf guy from uh, the miniseries. <laughs> <laughs> uh, since I do have the spotlight, I would like to quickly draw everybody's attention to a, uh, a character that I believe does not get the spotlight enough. Uh, you probably don't remember his name. His name is LT319, if anybody wants to look him up real quick. Uh, and make sure you look at what his uh, voice actor is. Josh Ga- Oh, God. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> I forgot! Oh, my God. Did we just get Rickrolled? I feel like Josh Gad hasn't made it onto the list so far. And he, and he never will. Josh Gad is in Star Wars already, damn. To at least be mentioned on the list. Uh, not to be sorry, not to be mentioned on the list. To just get a little spotlight, saying like, "Congrats, thank you for your service to our nation." At least he's dead. Very true. True. God. Um. Fuck it, Grievous. I wasn't prepared for that. General Grievous. General Grievous. I love the um the EU version of Grievous, and I love the miniseries version of Grievous. Obviously, the Clone Wars isn't the best. We don't have to look at the episode where literally a bunch of Gungans take him down. Yeah, Jar Jar taking down Grievous is probably my favorite part of early Clone Wars. Jar Jar Binks takes down General Kenobi, or General Kenobi <laughs> takes down General <laughs> Grievous. He kills Jar Jar's best friend, and they all fucking destroy him. Yeah, it's like an army of Gungans or something, right? <laughs> yeah. And Jar Jar's the general. He just keeps getting accidentally promoted, and it just keeps working out. And then he gets a girlfriend after that, I think. <laughs> um, but no, seriously, wait, General Grievous, I like the, the I don't know, the nature of someone who never backs down from a fight. He goes into certain fights, you know, he's obviously outnumbered, he's obviously outmatched. I just like the idea of someone who kind of, you know, even though I think George Lucas has said he's meant to be a cowardly character... He still will consistently like put up the effort in a way. I don't think General Grievous is better than any of these characters. Unfortunately, yeah. Uh... So you're gonna veto Josh? Um, yeah. This is where Uncle Owen goes. Uh I was hoping you'd say Grieve. No. <laughs> Enough with these characters. Uncle Owen goes here, and then we can have a normal top ten with like actual prominent Star Wars characters. Oh yeah, sure. Can I hear what what's the hype about Uncle Owen? I've never heard of this until today. What I really personally like about Uncle Owen is he kind of represents the everyman in Star Wars in a way, and he just kind of like bumps into the Skywalker saga in a very, very interesting way. The first time we see him chronologically, to my knowledge, is in episode two where he bumps into Anakin like 15 minutes before he decides to wipe out like a whole like fleet of Tuscan Tuscan Raiders. And uh, he's like newly married into being Anakin's like stepbrother, if I'm not mistaken, because uh, his, his mom marries uh, that one dude who dies as well. Um, and Anakin's like, all right, cool, whatever. And then he goes and kills these Tuscan Raiders. And that's all we see of him. And then that guy is like, director actor joel egerton in real life and he's like super fantastic and you're like oh okay so they're setting up this uncle owen character and then he just straight up is completely omitted from uh revenge of the sith which is interesting because they shot stuff with him and he's in that four hour and 50 minute cut that george lucas will never release uh there's something to do with him being dropped off they show like why Luke is being dropped off to this this man, and you know, 
we we then see him again in Force Awakens or uh, A New Hope. I do that every time now. Thank you, J.J. Abrams. They shot the ending of Revenge of the Sith during the Attack of the Clones production. I think that makes sense. Yeah, they just they didn't want to go back to the desert. Um, but yeah, no, I mean he's he's a very normal dude. He just wants to work on this farm and is raising the son of the most powerful uh, Sith Lord of all time. And I think that that has so many opportunities for interesting writing and interesting arc. And the fact that we're getting a whole series focused on post order 66, Obi-Wan Kenobi just speaks to me that we're going to get some really good scenes of, of how Luke Skywalker should be raised. And I'm a sucker for father son arcs. And I think that that's something that we get a lot of in star Wars. And I'm going to be very interested to see how uncle Owen plays into that fatherhood type mentality to Luke Skywalker growing up uh, in, in the same way that in the Mandalorian, we've seen um, this kind of like foster parent in uh, Din Djarin, whose name I just learned when Josh placed him at number 12, uh, raising Grogu. Uh, like th- that's kind of interesting to me is seeing this uh, bounty hunter raise a little powerful force child, seeing that again with uncle Owen is going to be really incredible. And I can't wait to see that unfold. So we like him because he's a farmer. We like him because there's actually potential for this character to work narratively between two really kind of awkward eras of star Wars. Unlike general Grievous, general Grievous never worked for me. I don't understand why his role wasn't just count Dooku, but like now he's in his final form. Instead, we execute count Dooku in the first five minutes of the movie. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, don't forget that in previous canon, uh, Uncle Owen kills Darth Maul. There's a couple of previous canon things with Uncle Owen that is uh, extended universe, but he was actually one of the first um, fighter pilots for um, the Rebellion, which is really interesting. And they don't touch on that, but he and Anakin actually, uh, like pre-Anakin's turn to Darth Vader, fought side by side as as pilots for the the Jedi Council, and I thought that was pretty cool. But they abandoned that. Yeah. Hey, everybody. It's Cara Dune. I texted Josh. I said, how funny would it be if I was like, hey, guys, I'm going to give my input on who's the best Star Wars character. Hey, Cara, uh, what do you think about Uncle Owen versus uh, General Grievous? Um, is General Grievous, the he's the white guy. He's... <laughs> At one point, he might have been white. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, I don't know. I was literally just watching Mace Windu's death scene. I'm not gonna lie. I was just trying to think what was the craziest, um, death scene that I've seen in Star Wars. You should watch General Grievous's. Where he gets shot in the chest. Wait, I just realized Uncle Owen and General Grievous both had the same uh, fate when it came to their deaths. <laughs> <laughs> So you want to put Mace Windu here? No, I, I was going to really honestly say Mace Windu was kind of sad. I don't know where where we're at, but I just hope that we uh, give Yoda a pretty good spot on this list. Oh, Yoda will definitely be on this list. I had to expand it to 20 to make sure of that. <laughs> what about Yoda's son? I didn't even know. You, oh, you mean what's it called? The child? I will never use that name. The child. Um, I you know what? I have actually never watched The Mandalorian. Um, I'm I should really get on that though, because I'm sure like everyone has said it's pretty good. The only thing I have to say about it that I think is like that gets me sad is the whole frog thing about him eating frogs. 
I agree. You never had Kara frog has legs? added more to this chat than I have added. I only think it's because I really do enjoy frogs. Ew, disgusting. Let's not talk about the French ever again. I, I just think that him eating a frog, like, you know, go go eat, like, a plant, you know? So anyways, back to, uh, so, general grievous. We're not going to focus on what I've had in my life. We're going to focus on this little child eating a frog. I do have to say, him with the little cup is pretty cute. Yes, please have a good night, all. Have a good night, Kara. Thank you. <laughs> Interesting input. Cameo from a former Duel of the Takes guest. But General Grievous versus Uncle Owen, let's all vote. Uh, I think Owen belongs here. Wait a second, so you're voting Owen to go below Grievous? I'm confused. So you're saying that you want Uncle Owen to go in this spot? Yes. 12 is Din Djarin and 11 is Uncle Owen. Are we all cool with this? Yes. So that means David, Alden, and myself still have vetoes. Yep, and we have finally made it to the top 10. And I believe David just went, so that means we are back to Alden. Alden, what is the number 10 spot finally? All the locks are gone, yeah? Thankfully, yes. Three vetoes remain. I think it's way too way late for Dexter Jetster. Yes, probably. If we didn't, if we just said no to General Grievous, then probably no to Dexter Jetster. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't rewrite my list when we extended it by five. Uh, I don't have a whole lot of... Uh... Who's in your top 10? <laughs> We've placed multiple in my top 10. Honestly, this is going to sound like a hot take, I believe, but what about Anakin slash Darth Vader? Jesus Christ. At number 10? Because he's my number 9. I have him at 9. Would we count them as the same character? Because whenever I think of him, I think of Anakin and Darth because of how this list goes, we are counting them as the same character. I've always kind of thought of them as the same character. Like, I kind of think the first six movies work as, like, the the fall of Anakin and then, like, the redemption of Anakin. Uh, I mean, yeah, logically, I, I understand that Darth Vader is Anakin, but, like, I've always thought of them as two different characters. Yeah, it makes sense. In each trilogy, they have an entirely different aesthetic for each one. It makes sense. It makes sense, but I don't really care. So you're talking about both Anakin and Darth Vader. So is, is Anakin slash Darth Vader being nominated here? Yeah, by Alden. I have a couple of main series characters a little bit lower uh, that I think I would be okay with. I, I feel like I feel like it's kind of like a cool thing to like shit on the main character. I don't know. I feel like Anakin, like the Anakin half, I can see him being this low potentially, but I feel like Anakin slash Darth Vader is just too important to the series and too interesting as a whole and what carries the emotional like weight of the series for the better parts of it to be at number 10. Yeah. Okay, you know what? I'll I'll use my my veto here. Um, I think instead at number ten, this would either be a cool spot for you know what? I'm just gonna go based off of my own list. I'm gonna put Luke Skywalker here. That's fine. <sighs> Where's Luke on my list? Uh. I, I think that there's a lot of potential again with Luke to have been something really interesting. But outside of the original trilogy, I, I think. He finally becomes a hero by the time we get to Return of the Jedi. I just think the reluctant part of his character is pretty annoying. Not as annoying as Anakin, but the first movie, he's kind of just a whiny like brat, and he ends up winning in the end, which is cool. But Empire Luke is probably my least favorite Luke um, because he's in this awkward like middle ground where he's just training and angsty. And I guess that works for like the middle evolution of a Pokemon, but for the main character of a trilogy... 
it's it's pretty rough to sit through and upon a rewatch luke's the 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 weakest character in empire for me um but i mean return of the jedi luke is the coolest jedi we've ever seen on film so um yeah that's that's how i feel yeah i agree if we're debating for debating between these two characters for the overall saga vader is definitely a lot more important luke's whole motive is to get to vader and redeem him so you can't i can't really say that luke is better because luke's character is all about darth vader yeah he's too dependent on anakin to be his own like full-fledged character in my opinion and then in the sequel trilogy, which I don't really want to mention because it really just damages this character, uh, he he is completely terror. Like he's he's ruined as a character simply because they want a a mentor type out of him, but they also want like the Jedi to be a completely fallen and archaic thing. So he's just stuck in this awkward middle ground where Luke's not allowed to to do anything really it almost seems like they were trying to do what they did with kane in a sense where they wanted someone who didn't know how to be a master even though we saw him work his way up to like learning what it means to be a jedi master but it's almost like within the span of one movie they wanted to show like how he also has to have a development like ray is not the only one having this development he has to have it as two and for me that was like a big barrier on why i couldn't enjoy the movies because like how is this young ray gonna learn from someone who doesn't even know what's going on himself yeah right it's too forced it's too much for one movie and one supporting character uh, yeah i guess we'll leave it to a vote um i'm gonna vote that luke goes here yeah luke goes here yeah luke, luke goes here luke skywalker i'm glad he made the top 10 <laughs> <laughs> wow all right. Nate, what is your number nine? Boy, look at me go. Two in a row. So I think Alden and I have the same number nine, which is Anakin Skywalker slash Darth Vader. Um, but I do have one main series character that's below them that I do think is a top 10 character. I have Yoda here. Dope, dope. I think Yoda totally works at the number nine spot for me. He's kind of one part the ultimate mentor out of all of the Jedi, but another part, another weird comedic relief Muppet character. Before or after the ketamine addiction? Either way, this character is so fun. Um, but at the end of the day, I think he's probably one of the most overrated Star Wars characters because besides some like like fortune cookie philosophy, this guy doesn't really contribute too much to any movie. I think his like fight sequence with Palpatine in uh, Revenge of the Sith is cool and all, but I'm he's kind of just like stuck in this like permanent mentor role so it would be like kind of saying like gandalf is my favorite lord of the rings character if i had uh you know this character that high up i think yoda's cool but i i don't know i i think he works as like the like the the like mascot i guess for star wars but he doesn't really work as like this full-fledged like character with like depth and emotion that i care about he's kind of like a silly little gremlin that teaches people about the force yeah yeah you're right he sucks to to piss jory off a bit more i'm gonna bring up clone wars again uh he gets a little bit more like emotion and depth into his character but it's still just nowhere close to as much as you'd expect for the poster child of this franchise there's a part of me that also doesn't want to know that much 
Like, I think it's cool that I think it's cool that we have never explored a species. Yeah, there's like it's 700 years of his life that we don't know of, and that's fine. Yeah, he's supposed to be like the old wise master that has like this unattainable knowledge that he's passing on, and it works if you don't know how he got all the knowledge because to do that you would have to know as much as he does, and then it mysticism is ruined. Yeah, I think even the prequels kind of ruin the mysticism behind Yoda a little bit for me. Whereas, like, I think where Yoda works the best is in Empire, where Luke's on this like strange swamp planet and sees this little fucking green looking ass Mogwai. And he's like, and he tries to steal his sausages. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like stealing his snacks and beating up R two D two, who we'll talk about later. Um, <laughs> you know, y- Yoda's just kind of like this troll. Really, that's all he is. Is he's a he's a troll with a bunch of mystical power. And all we know from him is that he's the man who uh, supposedly trained Obi Wan as well. Like that's that's all we get from him in the hallucination that Luke has in the in the snow desert. So yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like every time they try to add more to Yoda, it doesn't work. And uh, I I think he's he's great. He's serviceable. He's awesome. Probably my favorite part of the Last Jedi, if I'm being honest, is when Ghost Yoda shows up and trolls Luke again. It's a cool character because when you are first introduced to Yoda, you think like he's just like part of this planet's like species. Nobody, like, he's just going to take him to this wise master, and it's revealed to be him, and it's kind of, and almost, like, teaches you, like, a life lesson, like, uh, do not judge somebody by their size, or how they look, or how they present themselves. Um, Yeah, it's a good, he, the character itself, I think, has a good lesson for a movie series that um, is uh, more towards, um, uh, that you could really watch with the whole family. So it's cool that it teaches a, a good lesson. Um, yeah, I'm completely fine with Yoda being here. He's my number eight. I'm right there with you, Nate. Hell yeah. I'm glad my joke of a list is actually starting to make sense. Don't worry. We'll get to joke lists when I read my whole list. <laughs> I didn't even have Yoda on my list. Jory, you're up next with your, what is the number eight? Number eight. All right. Uh, I can't read from my list, so I have to come up with something. Uh, Hmm. How does uh how does the whole panel feel? Where do where do we feel like we should be leaning with number eight? Darth Darth Maul was uh mentioned a little while ago. Uh, he's a bit higher up. Darth Maul was mentioned. I think I'm gonna nominate Darth Maul. Thank you. Okay. I think it's, this is worth a veto. I mean, Alden has his veto. Let <laughs> he's he's gonna veto and try to put Darth Vader, and I'm gonna be like, you're on ketamine, Alden. You are literally on ketamine right now. No, 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 no. I'm gonna put Paige Tico because she did less harm to the sequels than Rose. Who? Who? Rose's sister that died in the first five minutes. <laughs> Paige is her name. Listen, Josh. If we if Alden wants to waste his veto, I say we let him. <laughs> <laughs> Are you actually vetoing Alden? I want to, but I, I'm trying to think of someone to replace him. I think I have an idea, but I don't know. Say what you want about Maul. Say what you want. Darth Maul is pretty cool in The Phantom Menace, and I really like it when he shows up at the end of Solo. He should have been the Darth Vader of the prequel trilogy, but he wasn't. So if we put him over Darth Vader, I'm going to be really pissed. I don't think he gets enough credit for his Clone Wars self, too, as much as we're going to hate on the animated series. I think he gets too much credit for his Clone Wars self. 
<laughs> not in this panel. <laughs> no, I think this panel gives him just the right amount of credit. I also have Darth Maul higher. Um, and, and I don't know, Alden, are you actually using your veto here? Because it's going to depend on what I say next. Okay. Uh, what are you trying to place here at number eight? I'd like to hear like a recommendation because I will place Vader here. Nobody's going to vote for that. What I think is really cool about Darth Maul is kind of like, I guess, just mostly aesthetic. I, I think that him being this kind of like, like I don't know, demonic looking Sith Lord. I agree with Josh wholeheartedly that this was supposed to be the prequel trilogy's Darth Vader. And I think where the prequel trilogy really just kind of sucks is that you have a different like Sith Lord that isn't Palpatine in every single movie. And General Grievous is definitely the weakest of the three. Count Dooku is a close second. But like Darth Maul like has lasting power. And there's a reason they like they keep bringing this character back. They brought him back for Clone Wars. They brought him back for Rebels. They brought him back for fucking a tease at the end of Solo. They're going to bring him into the Kenobi show somehow. I guarantee it. I think that Darth Maul really has like staying power as a villain, but it's not as a good villain. He's doomed to fail. And that's what I really like about Darth Maul is he's kind of like Darth Vader, but without this like chosen one, like mentality behind him, he should have been the guy who gets his head cut off in the first five minutes of Revenge of the Sith. It's like George Lucas didn't know how to write a story when he was making the prequels because everything about Darth Maul is Darth Vader minus being the most powerful force. Used. Sam Witwer brought a new depth to the character. I will give you guys that. And, but I don't want to also ignore that Ray Parker in the role is was awesome. Ray Parker getting head on his Instagram live is so fucking <laughs> cool. <laughs> <laughs> was not an accident it was not an accident at all <laughs> i bet they're gonna love this i i have an idea and i want to i want to hear some thoughts what about lando being here uh i have both these characters higher but i do have darth maul higher than lando if that says anything to you i also have maul higher than lando interesting lando is my number three. Lando's uh, Lando's my number five, and Darth Maul's my number three. For debating between Lando and Maul, I feel like they're polar opposites. You have the most charismatic guy in Star Wars versus the most quiet guy in Star Wars. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> it's a tough debate. Um, is, is that who you're nominating here, Alden, or are you just trying to get insight and read the room? I'm trying to read the room, because I know Vader versus Maul is is too close of a bet so he would get destroyed i don't know if he'd get destroyed i think it's it's down to one person that hasn't really spoken on either if it's down to one person he's already lost i don't think it's tied is this because of the name of the podcast we're putting Maul this high no i genuinely really love the character of Maul. if it's because of the name of the podcast i'm his lightsaber is two lightsabers in one. Can I tell you how fucking cool that was to me as a seven-year-old watching uh, Phantom Menace on a VHS tape for the first time? I literally was like, holy shit, he can fight two Jedis at once. As Freddie Prince Jr. said, he's, he's, uh, he's fucking, um, I forget. What's the he's fucking as Freddie Prince Jr. would say, he's fucking um he's fucking uh I forget. Are you sure that wasn't a Joe Biden quote? <laughs> <laughs> what what's the Greek god that's always like doomed to fail? There's a lot of them. Hades? <laughs> all of them. 
all of them. But that's literally that's literally Maul. Like he 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 always fails. He is built up as this like almighty thing and like always fails. That's his character arc. It's always been. Are you talking about Tantalus? No, he's the, probably Sisyphus. That is what I'm talking about. Sisyphus. That is literally Maul. He's the guy that has to push the boulder up the hill for eternity. That's Prometheus. No, Prometheus is like trapped in a pit and being pecked at by. Oh, you're right. I... Prometheus wasn't that the alien spinoff? That's the aliens movie. Yeah, you're right. Sisyphus is the motherfucker pushing the boulder up the hill for all eternity. That is Darth Maul. I agree with Freddie Prince Jr. and Josh. <laughs> anyway, Alden, can you please just pick a veto? <laughs> yeah. What are you trying to put here at number eight, Alden? I'm putting Lando here at number eight. Okay, let's vote. Lando or Darth Maul? Nate. I think Lando should go here between the two, but I hate to see him going this low. Me too. I think Maul should go here. Jory, what do you think? I think Maul should go here. Lando. Lando. There it is. The most charismatic Star Wars character. Josh and I are the only not racist on the panel. All right. Hopefully we're not sexist for the next pick. Uh, number seven. Whose turn is it? <laughs> um, that was your turn, yes? No, it was my turn. No, it was Jory's turn. It's Who's next? All right, my turn. Oh, boy. Don't be right. Uh, don't be sexist. You don't want to be sexist, Josh. I think that you should play Darth Maul here. That's kind of where I gotta go, unless you want me to put Han Solo here, and I don't really want to do that. Han is below Maul for me as well. Han is below Lando for me, but I know Lando is not as liked as Han. Han is also below Lando for me. Yeah, Han was below Lando for me too. Han is below every character on my list except for one. <laughs> Number seven, Josh. What is the seventh best Star Wars character? of all time a list that we will never ever do again so what is number seven i'm i'll put han here because y'all are very strong about darth maul this is a character that i love but i also think is kind of overrated and it's not necessarily the character's fault the fandom just loves this character to a point where it's like okay we get it but then also the movie solo came out and it kind of reminded me why i do love the character han solo I'm glad he's in the top 10. If you feel more strongly about Maul, there's a there's a couple other characters that I feel strongly about that I don't want to place yet. So I'm just going to go with Han here because it was number seven on my original list, but I also had a lot other characters on this list, on my personal list. Yeah, I really like uh, Han Solo and the way he kind of fits that like supporting character slash friend archetype within like the hero's journey. I just really think his character is kind of lost by the time you even get to the second or third sequel. Um, it's like, you know, what's his purpose in Return of the Jedi? And I'm a big Return of the Jedi defender. I mean, he really is just kind of there in that movie. Once they rescue him from Jabba's palace, it's literally like he, he, he's there to help Leia when he's in the scene with Leia. But the rest of the time, Lando's doing what Han would be doing. And it's just weird. And then you get to Force Awakens and. He serves a purpose there again, but it also kind of feels like this is the only actor they could get back in a way. It's like they didn't want to, you know, blow their load and show Luke in the first movie, which they really should have done. And then Han is the one showing them to this world. He fits that kind of Obi-Wan archetype for some reason. And then he gets axed and it is what it is. But Han Solo is another one of those characters. The more you try to add to him like Yoda, the worse he gets. And while I think Solo, a Star Wars story, is a lot of fun, and I think it kind of helped that character get a little bit more life into him, 
I, I don't really think that 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 movie added anything to the Han Solo that I personally liked. It was just cool seeing more of this character. Beyond the original movie, Solo just becomes a weaker and weaker character. He gets redeemed in the first movie, and then his arc never changes. He doesn't do anything. Han was Han about it is one of the worst lines in all of Star Wars. I want to have a side uh, conversation here. David, you're in the room uh, with us now. You gave me a very big old take uh, when we hung out one time that Solo is the worst Star Wars movie by far. Whoa. Whoa, I don't know if I said worst. I said that it was not a good Star Wars movie. I think it's comparable for one of the worst. I don't think it is the worst. I think that obviously is reserved for like... Rogue One? Yeah, Rogue One. The latest three Star Wars movies. Mm, No, I would not say that. I'm just so disappointed by the Han Solo movie because, you know, when I went and bought my ticket and sat down, I was expecting to watch a movie about Han Solo, which I did not get at all. It felt like... Did you walk into the wrong theater or something? it, It didn't seem like the the plot was following any structure it didn't seem like there was any character development i felt like honestly like you could tell me this is the weird awkward teen teenage years that han solo has to go through but at the same time there wasn't any similar traits he wasn't snarky he wasn't really about himself his goal was just to go back and get the girl like that was like his big thing for you know three years was just going to get the love interest and i didn't really see like that's something I don't see in Han Solo when I watch episode four. That is not at all what I think he is meant to represent. Well, David, that's because of the rest of the movie after the first 20 minutes when he does find the girl and then she goes on to betray him and leave him for the criminal organization that she was following with the entire time, as well as the new friend. Crimson Dawn. Yeah, as well as the new friend that uh, he's made in uh, Woody Harrelson's Beckett. To me, uh, Solo, a Star Wars story, is kind of Casino Royale if I cared about Vesper at all. And if at any time James Bond thought about her for the next three movies, I wasn't like, Jesus Christ, like, please stop. I felt like certain themes were just overplayed. I felt like the whole idea of um, uh, Vision's character in the movie, the whole, like, the first time we see him, he's stabbing a guy just to overplay the idea of, like, oh, this is... This is the bad guy. I felt like that was a very overtamed. I think Paul Bendy's actually awesome in this movie. You mean like how you mean like how in A New Hope, the first thing that we ever see Darth Vader doing is choking dudes out and throwing them against the walls, just because it's like the overplay version of this is the bad guy. No, because I think that was also back, you know, when the movie first came out in the seventies. So I think it was very like new and not that you know drained out. Versus now, when Solo came out in two thousand and eighteen, nineteen. 18, I believe. I feel like Paul Bentley did an amazing job. I really didn't even realize that was him until the last time I saw it. It's just that I think the writing itself, it was in a way cringy. I think that Solo, if anything, proves that Han Solo has incredible taste in women and just about nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, his two love interests are Amelia Clark and Carrie Fisher. This man is officially based. <laughs> so Han Solo at number seven. Do we all agree? Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, that's high enough for me. David is after for me. You're number six. And he's the only person with a veto left. So he's the most powerful man in the room. David, take it away. Next. This is how I win. <laughs> that was a Kubis line right there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting very nervous with this lineup. So, Obi-Wan. Whoa. Whoa. 
I got to put him on there. I'm I'm getting really scared he's not going to make it at this point. And I got it. Whoa, he's – David, he's making the <laughs> – Let me just assure you, 100% Obi-Wan is going to be on this list. There is no question. I am not sure. <laughs> I think he's in everybody's top five except for Nate. Damn, you read me like a book. Um, then I'm not going to do that. I want him to go further in life. I want to see my baby boy, my baby Jesus succeed. Uh, I am going to need a second though, because I'm not going to lie. A lot of my list is knocked out. I'm not a fan of the animated series. My number one character is prominently featured in an animated series. So is mine. Hey, David, how do you feel about, uh, how do you feel about Darth Maul, David? (laughs) He's been on the chopping block for a while now. I have Darth Maul as my five. So we're only one off here, right? Yeah, I, I would I would take that fall. I'm going to put Darth Maul here. Honestly, the way this uh, this list has gone, we're going to have room, I think, for something else, some other wild pick. If you want to throw something else, David, like a droid. Super battle droids, take him down! <laughs> preferably, perf- preferably a gold droid. He's sometimes silver. He's not even on my list. No, I got... Wait, no, wait, Josh, you're onto something. So the gold droid I'm thinking of is, hang on, what's its name? So I want to put K2B4 here. Josh Gad voice him too. Uh, this is a, uh, no, this is, um, it was a tactical droid that was inspired by Kobe Bryant. So I'm going to put the Kobe Bryant droid here. But anyway, were you nominating Darth Maul? If, <laughs> I heard North Wall. <laughs> Weren't you just complaining that Dio doesn't contribute anything to the plot? I didn't know this character was canon until five seconds ago. I think, in a way, this guy uh, canonizes um, Kobe Bryant's existence in the Star Wars universe, and I think that's really powerful, and I think that's something that... But Star Wars takes place in the past. Can I throw out a name to you, David? You may. Do you want to whisper it to me? Nobody's, like, talked about Palpatine. He's not on my list. Yeah, he's not on mine either. He's not on my list. You know what? Fuck it. Boba Fett. (laughs) No. Sure, whatever. I don't care. I literally don't care. Uh, Boba Fett's my definite. I'm just going to put him here. See, Josh, this is what happens when you're like, oh, Darth Maul's not good enough. (laughs) Well, I know Darth Maul is higher on people's list. I was like, he could throw in, like, another villain, like a Palpatine. (laughs) You suggested C-3PO, like, three minutes ago. Are we just pretending that didn't happen? I like C-3PO, okay? So do I. He's number 15 on my list. Yeah, I like C-3PO, but he's not on my list. Yeah, anyway, why why does Boba Fett belong here? I want to hear your take here, David. What, what works about Boba Fett for you? Boba Fett is not my favorite bounty hunter. My favorite bounty hunter is Cad Bane. I don't know if there's enough. I kind of agree with you. The guy from Batman. I would, I would happily put Cad Bane here because I think he does a number of things better than Boba Fett ever does. I think for the way that... Example, when I think of the Clone Wars series, Boba Fett was the one who actually took down uh, Mace Windu's entire cruiser just to get to him. But he had to do it in a way that it was like secretive so that he didn't get caught versus Cad Bane, who went and he took the entire Senate hostage just to send a message. And I think Cad Bane does a number of different things where like the fact that he in in canon he has his own lungs replaced and he has those like breathers put into his cheeks just so the jedi can't use uh like force chokes on him i think that's badass and i don't know what other kind of characters we've seen that kind of detail put into the like i'm sure it's the same thing with plo Koon when they talk about why he has those weird eye goggle things 
Um, I don't know. I just think he's a cool character. I love the Western vibes that I get from him, too. I think that's a nice addition to, like, initially what started out as an animated show. I wish that there was some sort of... Uh, oh, God, actually, I don't. I don't think I'd want to see him in a real movie. But, yeah, I would happily put either uh, Cad Bane here or the most overrated Mandalorian who didn't really do shit in the original movies here. He's, he's like, fine. He's fine. So Poe Dameron, number six. <laughs> Josh, Josh, I have a question. Do you have a veto? No, the only one that has a veto is David. Okay. And this is the last place for him to use it. <laughs> Nobody, but but we as a panel have not used the big fish clause yet. I don't think we need to use the big fish clause here unless we have someone that needs to be placed. I feel like everyone we want placed is still going to get placed. Between Boba Fett and Cad Bane, I don't really have a strong opinion if it's like one or the other. I think Cad Bane's one of those characters that like I was skimming through the channels and flipped a Cartoon Network briefly and saw like there was a cowboy guy on Clone Wars and I was like, he looks pretty cool. And then that's all my knowledge on him. Cad Bane is sick as fuck. Yeah, he, he looks cool. I like I'm like looking up all the images of him on Wikipedia right now. I uh, he looks pretty neat. Like I kind of like the design and like the the element here. The fact that he's a bounty hunter. Honestly, it looks like kind of what I wanted to see from Boba he- Boba Fett in the sequel trilogy. And all we really get from him is he shows up at Cloud City. He's Vader's right hand man, and then he gets fucked up and gets sent to the Sarlacc pit. And literally, people still talk about him like he's one of the coolest characters of all time. And I literally still don't know anything about Boba Fett. Yeah, Boba Fett's got a lot going on for him, but in terms of what you can easily go and watch cad bane has a lot more i think there's potential to revive boba fett with their new show or whatever who cares but i think jago fett's better than both of these characters uh, can i can i throw up a third person that i think i am actually more passionate about than either of these two guys then i would throw up captain rex here okay that is someone that i genuinely feel passionate about it's someone that i've seen time and time again display like having a character arc and then by the end of like season seven you're seeing him like sitting in a his little hatch or whatever sitting looking at a picture of all the brothers he's lost and that's kind of like supposed to be the closest resemblance we get to like war fatigue and seeing how the war has like really affected the soldiers that has you know they've survived this long through it and i think that was a really uh a really inspiring point in star wars canon to see like you know, this war has taken a toll on a lot of people. And I think that was a very important thing to add on top of like how badass of a character he is and how influential he's been as well. I like that he's in Return of the Jedi now in the Battle of Endor. I like the theory uh, that uh, Vader keeps Boba Fett around because he reminds him of Rex. I think that's kind of, it's cute, but whatever. Out of all those characters, um, we definitely have two people on the panel that are very passionate about um the animated shows um and just one i don't i don't care for rebels i don't care for clone wars but anyway if they're that passionate about out of those characters i guess i would see rex out of those three because at least he represents something like pretty successful in star wars that fans really enjoy i would happily put rex i think this is fine yeah out of the three i like rex the most Give me some clone representation. It's a better representation than Boba. All right, we are now in the top five. It's basically a free-for-all. So uh, I'm still going to like uh, point to... We just had David's... So I'll, I'll just nominate something for number five then, and then we could just debate it out. Uh, 
Weren't we trying to place Darth Maul at like number eight earlier? I mean, I tried <laughs> placing Vader lower. I'm between Darth Maul and uh, yeah, and we tried to place Darth Vader at like eleven. Well, one person did. Um, I think Vader needs to be higher than Maul, and uh, also I'm gonna throw it out there because I know Nate's got the biggest hot take about it, but I don't know how high it's gonna go. R2D2 could be here. Yeah, R2D2 could have been like four or five places over Rex. Um, not just one, but I, th- I think R2D2 is probably one of the most important characters in all of Star Wars. Um, currently, he's the only character that's been in every single movie besides Solo, um, which there might be a cameo or some shit that I don't remember. But R2D2 is hands down in terms of serving the plot, the most important character, but also uh, like the fact that this droid has been with not one, not two, but technically three generations of Skywalkers. He has seen and traveled the galaxy. He's honestly the reason why the Skywalkers are. It's no one wants to talk about that, but it's straight up the fact. Like Luke never flew a plane, flew a whatever X fighter or Y wing in any movie without R two D two, and I don't think Anakin does either. But I don't know. I feel like R2-D2 is exactly what you want from a droid character. He's a complete utilitarian. He's extremely resourceful. He solves, like, the plot stuff. Like, of all these, like, ensemble movies that have, like, a computer nerd character, R2-D2 shines. He doesn't say anything. He just does his job. He can hack into any any room. He saves the three main characters in A New Hope by stopping the garbage chute from crushing everyone yeah he's straight up the most valuable member of the team in the first movie and uh is it cool to see him fly with a jetpack and electrocute droids in revenge of the sith yeah when push comes to shove he can kick ass and he's also not a snitch he doesn't like tell luke that anakin is his father he's just a good droid he's exactly what every non-verbal character in a sci-fi ensemble movie should be He's honestly a better version of like a Chewbacca. He's the only droid that I know of through that that has lived throughout the series that has never had their memory wiped. Yeah, because they trust him. At the end of the day, every single character ever has trusted R2-D2 as soon as they see him. One of my favorite scenes in all of Star Wars is the scene where Uncle Owen and Luke are trying to pick out what droid they should get and they see the fucking r4 droid that's fucking malfunctioning and then they like are like ah never mind r2d2 will work what about that one <laughs> the between the three characters that have been nominated I, I hate to sound like a broken record but can we please just play darth maul <laughs> i i agree here <laughs> I don't. Darth Maul's my number three. I'm okay with Darth Maul going at five. Maul, one, just started as, as an underutilized Sith Lord. And then they, they revived him. He didn't die. He survived purely on his hatred for Obi-Wan for killing him. He went on and created an entire crime organization and started a war and took over Mandalore just to get back at Obi-Wan. But then as soon as Palpatine figured out he was still alive, he came and threatened him. And at that moment, he Maul like was determined to stop Order 66. He was determined to get Skywalker to not turn to the dark side because he was pissed at Palpatine. This dude's entire life may be like Sisyphus, but it's all based on a hatred of a certain character, whether it be Obi-Wan or Palpatine. Hey, Alden, you know how that uh, story ends, though? Yeah. Do you know how Maul's story ends? He gets killed by Obi-Wan again. 
he gets killed by Obi-Wan again. And that's a better conclusion than Owen Lars shooting him in the face. It's like poetry. It rhymes. Yeah, the entire confrontation with Obi-Wan at, in Tatooine is one of the better sequences involving lightsabers in the series. Darth Maul started as an underutilized Sith Lord, and he ended the same way. He never became more than that. And that's the Sisyphus part of his character. That's why Josh was quoting Freddie Prince Jr. And that's why he's number five. Well, he should be just a little bit higher. I agree. I do not feel comfortable putting him over Vader, Obi-Wan, Leia. Like, there's some... Those are like the three most like... I'm comfortable putting him over all three of those and R2-D2. I think that's fine just because Josh, Nate, and I have already expressed that we're fine with him going here. David, what's your take on Maul? How powerful of a character do you think he is based off of like uh, the animated shows, the source material that you care about? What do you think Maul's placement should be? I mean, Alden really did a... He did a good job summarizing basically everything. I wouldn't put him over, say, like... Obi-Wan, and I would say that him versus Anakin and Darth Vader is debatable. No idea where the love for R2-D2 is coming from. I do love him. What's the debate with Darth Vader, though? You have the greatest villain in film history versus Maul. (laughs) What is the debate? You're laughing, but Josh... You think Darth Vader is the best villain in film history? But one of the most important villains in film cinema history, as Scorsese would say. Important villains, I could agree. But best villain, I cannot. The whole Star Wars... Star Wars is about Darth Vader. And because Star Wars is so influential, the film itself, I can agree with that, that he is one of the most important. Maul was a character that George Lucas stupidly killed off in the first movie and then was like i think i went too far in a few places and had to bring him back in an animated cartoon network show which was cool his arc was cool but darth vader s tier maul cool <laughs> um yeah i think when you when you go into like the backstory and like the the origin of darth vader is really where that character like works not that the prequels work but the fact that there's like a man behind this monster Darth Maul is simply just the monster. Now, is he a cooler, better designed monster with a twice the lightsaber capability? Yeah, he is. He's fucking badass. He's my favorite Sith Lord. I have him higher than Darth Vader on my list, but do I think that makes him a better character? Yeah. Absolutely not. I don't think there's anything about Darth Maul that really works besides that he's a heel and he's going to lose the next confrontation he has. Alden, the best dynamic that Maul has in the Clone Wars is the fact that he's in between the uh, in, in between Palpatine and like the the Republic and in between the um the the Jedi Council in terms of like he just wants revenge. That's all he's out there to do. And I think that that's what works best about Maul is he's a very 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 two dimensional character with a very simple goal. Um, but in terms of like depth and in terms of complexity, I mean Darth Vader is probably yeah. Josh said the greatest like movie villain of all time. I, I, I mean, even with a Joker standalone movie, I would hesitate to say that Joker is a better movie villain than Darth. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I would. Either. I would happily agree that Darth Vader is obviously the greatest villain in the Star Wars um, story. But for me, watching Darth Maul's story and everything that he's went through, everything that he's accomplished. When I watch Darth Vader, it's just this sense of a pending doom that no matter what any character does in the movie or within the storyline, obviously up until episode six, 
whatever any character does, they're going to lose. He is just that, in a way, overpowered. Versus when I'm watching Darth Maul, it's like... He's the chosen one. He's supposed to be overpowered. Here's a... Exactly. So then, wouldn't you call that plot armor, in a sense? Wait a second. What about, what about episode three? <laughs> no, it's not plot armor, because... Uh, the original trilogy sets it up as like a mystery until Return of the Jedi when you fully realize who Anakin Skywalker was and everything. Actually, you don't even know he's the chosen one until the prequels come out. Also, knowing that the hero, even this is talking about something that goes into going back and rewatching something, but knowing that the heroes are going to lose and having to see how they deal with taking it loss and being in a way worse position than they originally were when they're going up against Darth Vader is way more interesting than like, oh, Darth Maul showed up again. What's he going to do? Lose. Darth Maul, he's never had like, like Star Wars had essentially six movies about Darth Vader where Darth Maul can't even get a series. Like he has to be a part of other things. The time they tried bringing him back for a trilogy, that trilogy got canceled. He keeps getting cucked, honestly. And he will continue to be Darth Maul number five. I mean, Darth Maul was a, it was the entire plot point for like three or four seasons of the Clone Wars and then one and a half seasons of Rebels, as well as the Phantom Menace and a cameo at the end of Solo. No, he doesn't. In Rebels, he like he's like, oh, I found Kenobi and then disappears. And then a couple episodes later, we catch up to him. It's like four episodes total. He starts training Ezra on the dark side. He doesn't train Ezra. Don't even go into the Ezra stuff. Don't even start. I hate Ezra as much as you do, but he does hold a presence. It makes Maul worse. They tease Ezra goes to the dark side and then they do nothing with it. It's like Darth Ray. Yeah. They do nothing with it because he found Kenobi. His goal was accomplished. Right. What was the point of it? Why did they rush that? Because it was a Disney XD original series. Let's let's vote. My point exactly, Alden. Maul at number five. I also vote Maul number five. Okay. I'm all I will happily say Maul at number five. He was my number five, so I'm happy with him here. Yeah, I'm cool with Maul at five. There we go. Who all right. Who's next? Did I say Darth Maul? Yeah, I did. Okay, so that means David. We're kind of in an open debate phase also, but... Yeah, David, for shits and giggles, who do you think should go at number four? So we seriously can't put either Josh Gad or the Kobe Bryant droid here? No, no neither. And we can't put Grogu here? Why would we put Grogu here? Um, So we don't get cancelled? I want to get cancelled. I hate Grogu. I feel like you have... I feel like there's one opportunity for... I guess, an underrated character, because I feel like the top three that are left is Leia, Obi-Wan, and Darth Vader. I do you, And R2-D2. Actually, yeah, you gotta pick through those four, David. Fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Millions of worlds, and I have four choices. Unless you want to make a case for why one of those four should not be in the top four. Good luck. <laughs> hmm, I don't think I'd win that battle, yeah. So it's more so picking my poison, if you will. Who's the worst character out of those four? Leia. <laughs> wow. Wow. I I have to say, I was very moved by the talk that you guys gave on R2-D2. I never really gave that much thought into his character. To me, droids have... Not all droids, but droids were supposed to be that kind of, like, man's best friend. That sort of, like animal that pet that kind of dog that you have except they have a little bit of a usefulness now because it's a obviously it's a universe and you know this was written in the 70s david you're a little droid racist there yeah jesus and importantly princess leia is worse than a dog hello oh my god <laughs> wow 
<laughs> All right, I just want to point out the, the two of these characters, Leia, one, says never underestimate a droid, and two, R2-D2, if he was given more power in the Republic, they would have won the war. So if R2-D2 was Force-sensitive? No, if R2-D2 was given more power in the Senate, the war would have ended, R2-D2 would know exactly what to do. Yeah, I, I agree. I think I want to put Leia here. You don't have a case for why the uh, the Kobe Bryant droid should go over Leia. <laughs> I just want to canonize Kobe Bryant. I don't think Star Wars needs it. Never mind, never mind, never mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah I agree. Unironically, I think all four of these could be number one. Um, Honestly, I'm kind of a little, uh, not like shocked, but a little taken aback by the Leia take. Because I kind of am kind of just like, eh, on Leia. No, nah, Leia's my number two. Um, I think she's always been awesome. I think she is one of the best um, female characters we've ever had in a blockbuster. Um, I think she's cool in the original trilogy, but I think that what they do to her character post that kind of like really just muddles the water for me. Yeah, I agree. Mary Poppins. What? <laughs> like when she flies back into the shit. Yeah. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't mind that that much. I think it's. I think what the Last Jedi in particular does to her character is pretty dumb, and then her still being around in Rise of Skywalker is just awkward. But even in Force Awakens, we're like, oh, General Organa, she's a general now. Okay, like. I, I like that conceptually, but like in practice, it gives her much, much less to do than she ever had before in the original trilogy. So it makes her feel like less of a character. I didn't want the original characters to be the main characters, though. Honestly, honestly, I didn't want the. Honestly, I didn't want them in these movies at all. I feel like Han Solo does a lot more in uh, Force Awakens than Leia does. Yeah, definitely. Sure. I think the original idea was that Force Awakens, Han would be like the supporting character, and then then Luke, and I think the final movie was supposed to be Leia. It was an unfortunate unfortunate circumstance. Yeah. Yeah, I... But I'm also saying that they had a plan, so I don't know why I'm saying they had a plan. Out of all of these four, like, the lowest on my list is R2, and I could see the case why R2 would go higher. I We talked about Yoda kind of being the, like, the, the face of Star Wars. I think it's R2. I feel like that droid is, is so iconic, where, like, he was... At least, like, in our generation, um, he was on every, like, um, toy box that you'd buy or something. Now it's kind of BB-8 because of the sequel trilogy, but it's a droid that everybody knows. To illustrate to illustrate how important to Star Wars' iconography R2-D2 is, I just want to post this picture in the Legacy General. Yeah. Hey, C-3PO got the controller, though. Let's not... The controller, they're a duo. A New Hope, I mean, the movie started with those two characters. Star Wars started with those two characters for a good 20 minutes, it felt like. Yeah, it's it's a good amount of time. It was... It, it got to a point where you're like, are these the main characters? <laughs> um, and then this whiny bitch, Luke Skywalker, comes out. Star Wars... I would say is about him. I would say was supposed to be about him. Um, <laughs> and we haven't really talked about Obi-Wan because I think he's high on everybody's list except for Nate. Obi-Wan, I think. Obi-Wan, I think, is one of the best mentors in cinema. Um, he's a great... Um, he's great for that hero's journey where he is that mentor. And also in the prequels, Ewan McGregor carries that trilogy similar to what adam driver does in the sequel trilogy um that character had two fantastic actors um playing it i'm cool with princess leia at number four 
I don't know if that's already been slated or not, but I, I think top four characters is definitely deserving for that character. I'm kind of with Jory where like, I think she almost feels very similar to Han Solo to me where like, she kind of peaks in uh, a new hope Yeah, where I think a lot of the things that really work about her are the fact that she's not the archetypal damsel in distress and she's able to fend for herself. She's tough enough to look the main villain of that movie, uh, Tarkin in the eye as her home planet is destroyed like she's she's a bad bitch like she straight up is and uh, I think she handles a lot and does very well under pressure compared to like even female characters in the sequel trilogy that are have this unlimited power Princess Leia makes more sense and does a better job holding her ground in kind of like a more diplomatic way and I think that's really cool um i i think beyond just the first movie i think even the sequels kind of like start to force her character more into a traditional love interest which is weird because at first it's with luke and then it's with han i i don't buy any of that my one of my favorite scenes of return of the jedi is when she's making peace with wicket who is yet to be mentioned somehow in this top 20 star wars characters list Uh, and, and she breaks bread with this little uh, Ewok, and she's the real reason the Battle of Endor is won. Han Solo's not doing anything in that fight, and she's training an entire species of of Ewoks how to defend themselves from a uh, the Galactic uh, Empire. And I think that that's that's awesome. And there's a reason why she becomes the general and a resistance leader in the sequel trilogy. But the sequel trilogy does not do her justice, and unfortunately. I don't think it's actually due to writing for once. I think it's just due to the unfortunate passing of that actress, Carrie Fisher, who was so iconic in that role. I think they were designing the sequel trilogy very much around her. And I think that's very much clear by the fact they decided to digitally de-age her before she died in Rogue One. I think there was a lot going on with Princess Leia in the rough drafts for episode eight and nine. It's it's a missed potential, but I think in A New Hope, she's the strongest character in that movie. I With the exception of R2. <laughs> well, R2 is one of the few Star Wars characters that every time they bring him back, they add more to his character. They add more to the things that he's, he's seen. Essentially, R2-D2 is Rutger Hauer in Blade Runner. His Let me say Leia number four. Okay. Now let's talk about R2. Is he okay? Do we know if he has like PTSD or something? Like has anyone checked in on him? He he gets very quiet in the sequels. He definitely has bad PTSD. He went to sleep for like five years. He needed a nap. R2D2 is the only Star Wars character that I think gets proper treatment in the sequel trilogy. Uh, think about how they incorporate him. He's kind of still a major supporting character in The Force Awakens. He's prominent in the Millennium Falcon, even though BB-8, the young, more dynamic uh, uh, droid, is there to do his job, he's still very much there. And then they they weed him out. Isn't he asleep for, like, all of The Force Awakens until the end? He uh, pulls up the map of the new Death Star type shit. Oh, no, the map to Luke, yeah. So, yeah, that's at, like, the end, right? That's the only thing he does. This is, like, I feel like this is a big thing. If you go on, like, Depop or Etsy or Poshmark, and you type in like phantom menace promotional gear you get some like really uh i don't know there's like an artist stick to like these darth maul you got like the stripped down cp3o and then the pod racing yeah hello greedo greedo did a video of him opening like phantom menace merch and like it's probably the best era of like that and probably revenge of the sith 
have like the best Star Wars merch. Oh wow. I'm looking at some of this right now. This is this is interesting. If we're talking about Star Wars promotional merchandise, we have to mention the lightsaber spoons for Revenge of the Sith. Oh my god. Hands down. That's true. I yeah, those were great. I have to say, when The Force Awakens came out in theaters, you can get these really cool uh 3D glasses and like XD glasses. And so when I worked at a movie theater, I actually just like stole a bunch. And I've been waiting uh, for the day when I can sell them and make a profit. Yeah, 30, 40 years, they probably will be worth something. I have the Captain Phasma ones still sealed. I kept a lot of Force Awakens merch. One thing that I think is really cool about the uh, Phantom Menace um, like uh, era kind of promotional material, I have this folder that I used all through middle school that was like Anakin and Sebulba as like like in their pod racing gear. And it was like episode one branded and I I used it for all of my homework. <laughs> it was like my homework folder. You still have it? Uh, Probably at my old place. Yeah. Was it all homework or was it like math? It was like all my homework for all my classes. Like the shit I actually had to take home with me. I just throw that one folder in my backpack and then you know, bring it back the next day. And it's the only one that wasn't permanently damaged after high school. Anyway, R2-D2 versus Obi-Wan Kenobi. Nate, I would like to hear your case for uh, R2-D2 number one over Obi-Wan. Yeah, I feel like I've sung the praises of R2-D2 a lot at this point. Um, what I think it really comes down to, and again, I I think potential is a big thing for me in making this list because I think the fate of Star Wars is very depressing. So I am happy to see uh, characters like Din Djarin on our list. I'm happy to see characters like Uncle Owen on our list because I do think there's still some profitability to squeeze yet out of Star Wars. But when I look down to Obi-Wan Kenobi and I look down to R2-D2, which one of these characters do I want to see more of? It's probably Obi-Wan. But of all the characters I think we've seen enough of and have gotten their their beginning, middle, and end, I think R2-D2 is the template that every character should follow in terms of you understand where this character comes from, you see him on this giant epic journey that spans nine movies, and honestly, I'd be okay if we never saw R2-D2 again. I think every other character on this list, people want to see a little bit more before or a little bit more after. Not all of these characters feel even fleshed out, even if they've been in six movies, even if they have a full a full-fledged arc and video games and and all these like continued media the only character i think they've completed is r2d2 and i think he is the example for what star wars should and could be i think r2d2 is everything i've ever wanted out of a fictional character he fits a very specific mold and a very specific archetype extremely well he's able to put up with c3po for six six whole movies uh, like, I mean, in the sequel trilogy, they don't really share the same space, which probably for the better. But I mean, he's side by side with him for quite a while and puts up with a lot of it. And honestly, I hope our fans can put up with me for six seasons. The R2 and uh, the R2 and Luke scene in Last Jedi is really good. I can't think of a scene that R2-D2's in in a movie that I like that I think like negatively impacts the movie. The worst thing I can think of is episode two. When they're on uh, Geonosis or whatever. <laughs> like they're in the droid factory, but mostly it's C3PO that's pissing me off. It has very little to do with R2D2. Just to what you were saying before, Nate, uh, where it's a scene from a movie with R2D2 that detracts from it. I'm going to say Star Wars Rogue One just because, like, I, I physically like, 
rolled my eyes and groaned in the theater when I saw C-3PO and R2-D2 in that movie. I was like, no, not them too. I think they wanted to keep the Anthony Daniels streak, and I thought he wasn't in Solo, but because I just looked it up, he was a, he was a background character in Solo, so Anthony Daniels has still been in every Star Wars movie. He knows how to sign a contract. I, I'm going to try to pull the conversation more over to uh obi-wan but i kind of already sang the praises of obi-wan earlier but i know i know david loves obi-wan i mean david i feel like your look is from obi-wan you got like the beard and like the short hair obi-wan from revenge of the sith going and that's what i exact i mean not really when i was younger i had like a weird like bowl cut like dobby looking haircut and then one day i think i saw like it was either Obi-Wan or Chris Evans, and I was like, can you make me look like this? And they said no, and I was like, okay, we'll try. <laughs> <laughs> but there's, in the same way that, you know, we can praise R2-D2 being that person, that, that character, that this is all we want from a sci-fi series, Obi-Wan is all I want from a sci-fi series. Like, it is the ideal person. When you look at them in terms of morally, in terms of their character development, in terms of their aesthetic, you know, the fact that we can literally just, like, what's it called beating a dead horse we could just throw him in everything and like in a way it still turns out pretty good at the end of the day you can't say the same thing about like when you continuously throw boba on top of something or when you continuously throw like again i guess like maul on top of something it's not always going to come out great but anything that has obi-wan anything that has Uma mcgregor's name on it to me obviously there's a golden standard to hit but i already will accept it with open arms and it, there's just there's not much that you can like be in terms of like comparing obi-wan to anyone else i mean he's an amazing he's an amazing tutor to anakin at times to ahsoka uh, to luke skywalker um the kind of knowledge that he gives out and the way that he like feels about the force i feel like he is the purest aesthetic and form to like what a force user is and i feel like at the end of the day that's what star wars is about yeah i just think the more they build that character the lamer his death in a new hope is every single time yeah if you strike me down now i'll become more powerful than you can possibly imagine i have r2d2 above kenobi on my list channel it use your anger i i don't i don't know if i can do that I, I really don't because Kenobi, Kenobi as a mentor, as a, a Jedi, is he is just flat out the best in terms of uh, being a good person, understanding Anakin, like him uh, training Anakin and fighting in the Clone Wars with Anakin and everything like that. Because of his previous relationship with Satine, he understands uh, Anakin and Padme and doesn't say much about it even though it again it goes against everything the Jedi stand for. I think what works great about Obi-Wan, though, is kind of the other way around, is that he doesn't understand Anakin. Um, I mean, that is still true. If Qui-Gon stayed alive, uh, he probably would have been able to help Anakin more. Obi-Wan was more like, now we need to listen to the Council, you have to go and uh, spy on the Chancellor, and d this, this, and that. And... And I think that's what's great about his character, because by the time you meet him again in New Hope, not that he's learned from mistakes, his mistakes, but he's accepted his mistakes, and he didn't repeat that with Luke, and knew um, Luke's not going to have like this type of patience at first, and he just the character grew, and I like, and I like in Revenge of the Sith uh, that he does like 
go to like um even at the end in Must in Mustafar, he's still um there's still like the I think I talked about this with Nate multiple times, where like I think what works with Anakin and Obi-Wan is that Anakin sees Obi-Wan as a father figure, while Obi-Wan sees Anakin as a brother. Like he said at the end, you were my brother Anakin and all that. And I think that's where their relationships clash. I mean, there's a lot of depth to this character. And all the Wookiees say he's pretty fly for a Jedi. (laughs) 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 The, yeah, I mean, uh, like I said about R2, he's, he is, or, uh, the droids the face of star wars yeah i think obi-wan kenobi is definitely the face of the prequel trilogy he's the only character you kind of can relate to and you understand the journey of and i mean he's the only part of uh attack of the clones that's worth watching but at the end of the day does that make him the best star wars character i don't know i i think his role from being anakin's mentor more or less in the prequel trilogy to being luke's mentor for a movie is an awkward transition. I don't know if it's just me. I think Ewan McGregor is a fantastic actor, and I think he plays Obi-Wan fantastically, but I never once have thought that Ewan McGregor and Alec Guinness are the same character. I've never bought it. I never... Wow. No, I was just I was just kind of thinking that. I, I think there's a lot of flaw. I don't... Wow, I don't know about that. I mean, Ewan McGregor really studied Alec Guinness. I, yeah, I, I don't know really agree with that. I think he's a great actor. I think he plays the character fantastically. So what my problem with the character in the prequels is not anything to do with Ewan McGregor's performance. It's mostly the writing of the character because you can't, you can't. I don't know about that. As far as characters that have, as far as characters that we have seen between two trilogies who have aged, I think that Ewan McGregor is way, way, way closer to Alec Guinness in uh, from Revenge of the Sith to A New Hope than uh, Mark Hamill is to himself <laughs> in uh, Last Jedi versus Return of the Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> that was a really good point. Yeah. No, I agree with that. But what I, what I do want to say is, for both of those instances, the flaws of the characters come down to the writing. I mean, at the end of the day, I hope I'm wrong. I hope this Kenobi spinoff show, like, seals that gap for me better. I just have a hard time seeing episode three, Obi-Wan Kenobi transitioning into Alec Guinness. Well, let's talk about Alec Guinness for a second. Like, this is the character, Alec Guinness is Obi-Wan. This is the character that introduced us to the Jedi, to the Force. Yeah, and he's fantastic in that role. Yeah, I just, I don't see him mentoring Anakin as a positive thing. I think him mentoring Anakin is the weakest thing. The best part of them being together is when they're doing their buddy cop shit in the second movie. Yeah, but the point of it is the weakest thing. We're supposed to see the flaws of their relationship and why Anakin went down this path. Sure. He's not supposed to be a good teacher. He failed. Yeah, and I guess he doesn't really fail Luke, but he kind of fails the audience because he just up and dies when you want him the most. So, I mean... That's the hero's journey, though, the mentor dies that's what they were going for this is completely separate but i kind of wish that alec guinness could have seen why obi-wan 
was in the prequels and would would have been able to compare himself to what the character was before. Alec Guinness, Alec Guinness hated Star Wars. I don't think that, that would be relevant. It's really weird. All of, uh, Star Wars in general and the time that all of it has come out is just really awkward and weird. Uh, it's time for a vote. <laughs> Obi-Wan number one. I think we know where it's going. I'm still going to put R2-D2 here. Oh, then it comes down to Alden. Oh, it doesn't. <laughs> Obi-Wan Kenobi number one and R2-D2 number two. You won, Josh. Uh, yeah, okay, whatever. Let's do the vote. I vote Obi-Wan Kenobi number one. Uh, yeah, Kenobi had one. Christopher Robin has one. <laughs> R2-D2 at one. Yeah, R2-D2 at one. Wait, David voted R2. Obi-Wan at number one. I thought you said R2 before. He said R2 for the number two spot. Yeah, I'm team Jesus. Yeah, Obi-Wan is number one. Does everyone want to read their personal list now? Because I'm completely lost. <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh nate what's your list all right number 15 i have finn number 14 grand moff tarkin number 13 chewbacca number 12 luke skywalker number 11 yoda number 10 wicket w warwick number nine anakin skywalker slash darth vader number eight han solo number seven princess leia number six obi-wan kenobi number five landau calrissian number four uncle owen lars number three darth maul number two qui-gon jinn and number one the best star wars character is r2d2 okay i do want to question finn mm, no whoa what He's the only character in the sequel trilogy that had any potential in Force Awakens, and it all gets shit out by the second movie. But that amount of potential is high enough to make a top 15 list at the very least. He was in my top 10 at one point, and I swapped him out. I would argue he comes back a little bit at Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> I also agree. He, Yeah, he does. I do agree, and I understand your list is like all based on potential, pretty much. Alden, what's your list? Uh, all right, my number fifteen is Sabine Wren, fourteen Dexter Jetster, thirteen Rex, twelve uh, Chewie, eleven Ahsoka Tano, uh, ten Grand Admiral Thrawn, nine is Anakin slash Darth Vader, eight is Qui Gon Jinn, seven is Luke Skywalker. Six is Han Solo. Five is Lando Calrissian. Four is Obi-Wan Kenobi or Ben Kenobi. Three is R2-D2. Two is Leia. And one is Maul. My number 15 is Grand Admiral Thrawn. Number 14, uh, Jango Fett. Uh, number 13, Din Djarin. Number 12, Kanan Jarrus. Number 11, Darth Maul. Number 10, Mace Windu. Number 9, Qui-Gon. Number 8, Yoda, number seven, Han Solo, number six, R2-D2, number five, Luke Skywalker, number four, Darth Vader, number three, Lando Calrissian, number two, Princess Leia, and number one, Obi-Wan Kenobi. I had Jango Fett at 14. I feel like I, that was a mistake. <laughs> I think I had Hera there before, actually. <laughs> I would have preferred Hera there. Yeah, that would have been tough. All right, I'll go next. Number 15, C-3PO. Number 14, Princess Leia. Number 13, Yoda. Number 12, Chewbacca. Number 11, the Jawa Uncle Owen accuses of pushing junk droids who goes whack. Number 10, number 10, Obi-Wan from The Phantom Menace. Number 9, Obi-Wan as a Force Ghost. Number 8, Obi-Wan from Attack of the Clones. Number 7, Obi-Wan from A New Hope. Number 6, Obi-Wan in Star Wars Rebels. Number 5, Obi-Wan as a Lego. Number four, Obi-Wan from the Clone Wars. Number three, R2-D2. Number two, Dio. And number one, Obi-Wan from Revenge of the Sith. Oh my god. Uh, David, your list. 
I, I, I don't even know if I could follow that up. I'll try. Number 15, Lando Calrissian. Number 14, Plo Koon. Number 12, Asa- sorry, number 13, Asaz Ventress. Number 12, Qui-Gon Jinn. Number 11, Din Djarin, the Mandalorian. Number 10, Cad Bane. Number 9, General Grievous. Number 8, Kanan Jarrus. Number 7, Luke Skywalker. Number 6, Han Solo. Number 5, Darth Maul. Number 4, Darth Vader. Number three, Captain Rex. Number two, Ahsoka Tano. Number one, Obi-Wan Kenobi. All right. And our mess of a group list that is a top 20. Number 20, Kanan Jarrus. Number 19, Chewbacca. Number 18, Grand Moff Tarkin. Number 17, Mace Windu. Number 16, Qui-Gon Jinn. Number 15, Dio. Number 14, uh, Grand Animal Thrawn. Number 13, Ahsoka. Number 12, Din Djarin. Number 11, Owen Lars. Number 10, Luke Skywalker. Number 9, Yoda. Number 8, Lando Calrissian. Number 7, Han Solo. Number 6, Captain Rex, for some reason. Number 5, Darth Maul. Number 4, Princess Leia. Number 3, Darth Vader. Number 2, R2-D2. And number 1, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Woo, we did it. Our shortest Star Wars episode recording ever. Two and a half hours. <laughs> <laughs> Getting better. Yeah. Uh, thank you guys for listening or watching uh, Duel of the Takes. This was a lot of fun. And uh, happy May the 4th. Hopefully this comes out on May 4th. Yeah. I mean, the ball's in your court, Josh. Either either I wish you a happy May the 4th or a revenge of the 5th. And David, thank you for joining us, man. It was great to have you on a Star Wars episode. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me on. I've been so excited to be on, and it's such an honor to be here. Thank you for being a fan of the show. Uh, what's your favorite episode of Duel of the Takes? Um, my least favorite episode is the one with Kara. I would say Disney Renaissance or Pixar or A24. That was a good one. <laughs> wow. The original. He's an OG fan. Been there since day one. The blueprint. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Duel of the Takes. Next week, we'll be continuing our sci-fi-filled month of May by ranking every Planet of the Apes movie. Special thanks to Anchor.fm for sponsoring today's episode. And remember, if I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night.